Hello and welcome to Ray's Rubbish Rant. Well, the rant isn't rubbish. Hopefully it's not. It's about rubbish. Fly tipping. Don't you hate that? You go to the woods, you're walking in the woods, someone's dumped a mattress, an old fridge, a microwave, a load of rubbish. You're walking along a country lane, enjoying the sunshine, the birds singing. There's an entrance to a farmer's gate. Someone's dumped a load of old tyres there kitchen cupboards and worktops. What's the matter with people? They're mad. Absolutely mad. I'm hoping, later on in this episode, I'm hoping to have a new microphone. I've got the new microphone, but it's not connected yet. I'll tell you all about that later on. Rob in Australia. Rob, you mentioned rubbish, didn't you? (laughs) It's all over the world, isn't it? Thanks for that, Rob. Nice to hear from you, as always. People don't seem to care about their country. What is it with people? I've seen on Twitter, I think I mentioned in the midweek message last Wednesday, pictures on Twitter of uh, British motorways and the grass verges, absolutely full of rubbish, bits of paper, crisp packets, old bits of burger and rolls thrown out, food everywhere, bottles, rubbish everywhere. I think it's the highways agency or someone who's meant to be responsible and clear it all up. But that's not the point. Well, it is the point, they should clear it up. But they shouldn't have to because it shouldn't be there in the first place. I don't know, what a load of rubbish. Okay, you're all dying to know what day it is, so am I. (laughs) It's Thursday, Thursday 20th of July 2023. And the temperature, oh hang on, the time, it's quarter to ten. I'm late today, well I say late, I was up at six, feeding the squirrels and all that stuff. 18 degrees centigrade, which is 64.5 Fahrenheit. 68% 68% humidity, 1016 millibars on the barometer, and the flag, I can't tell you which way the flag's flying because it's not there. I took the flag down yesterday because my aerial wire is fixed to the top of the pole and the flag got wrapped round my aerial wire. The flag then got torn and it's hanging in shreds. If you hang a union flag up and it's in shreds, that is disrespectful apparently. So you can't have a tatty or torn flag or dirty flag. You mustn't fly it upside down because that's distress. Um, It's only called a Union Jack when it's on a ship. Why am I telling you this? You want to know which way the wind's blowing, don't you? Well, it's not. There is no wind today. Not because there's no flag, but there just is no wind. Had there been a flag there, it would have been doing nothing. So that's, (laughs) that's that problem solved. Thank you for all your emails. Lovely, as always, to hear from you and all your various comments about rubbish. Now, where? Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Melanie. Hello, Melanie. Nice to hear from you. <laughs> she says they live in the country and the gate to their house, they've got a bungalow, and the gate to their house is just set back in this hedge. And one morning they came to open the gate to take their car out and she said there was a bed there, uh, a whole single bed with mattress, pillows, duvet, the whole lot. It seems like someone just thought, right, we don't want this as a bedroom anymore. They didn't even take the the pillow or the the sheets. Everything was there, a complete bed. Not made up, of course. (laughs) She said had it been made up, she might have had a kip there. No, Uh, but who did that right outside someone's front gate? I don't know why people don't go to the tip. We've got a rubbish tip. Yes, you have to book online and you have to say, I'll be there at whatever time and whatever day. That's easy enough. Why don't people just do that? You don't have to pay. It's free. 
why go out into the countryside with a bed? <laughs> they obviously had a van or something to transport the bed, so why not just take it to the tip? I don't know, people move in mysterious ways, don't they? But fly-tipping, though, seriously, fly-tipping in Britain is a massively serious problem. I know that uh, farmers have set up cameras. They put cameras in trees and stuff, and they've caught a lot of people that way. Because people seem to think that a farm gate, the little bit leading to a farm gate, that is where you dump rubbish. Uh, one farmer said on Twitter, he's fed up with it, he said, I might as well put a sign there, please dump your rubbish here and I'll deal with it for you. He put a camera up and uh, he caught a, a chap, two chaps in a van, unloaded the van, he got their number plate from the camera and they were reported, you know, and they got done for it, they got busted. <laughs> and so they should. My neighbour, some years ago, he had a skip, you know, these big skips, he had that on his driveway because he was, I don't know what he was doing, clearing out a load of stuff or having decorating done, and there was lots of rubbish. And someone, they didn't put it in the skip, they put it on the pavement outside his house, an old gas cooker. <laughs> we went out there one morning, and he's looking at it, and I said, well, what's that, is that yours? He said, oh, someone's just put it here overnight. I suppose whoever it was thought, oh, he can lift that into the skip. I mean, you, you just don't do that sort of thing. I remember a little while ago, well, a little while ago, that must be a few years now, at the end of our road, there was a sofa. <laughs> Honestly, there was a sofa <laughs> just at the end of the road. What people do in that case, as my neighbour did, you phone the council and you just say, look, someone's dumped whatever out on the road and they will send someone round to take it away, you know, the refuse people. But it's awful though, isn't it, doing that? I think the fines should be very, very hefty for doing that sort of thing. You know, like £5,000. That might stop one or two people, but of course it won't stop them all because some people just don't care. Similar sort of thing, but not rubbish. I was uh, reading on a line some time ago, a farmer, someone had parked their car. They, they'd gone off for a picnic somewhere in the countryside and they'd left their car in front of his farm gate. Of course, he came along with his tractor. He needed to get into the field to do whatever and he couldn't because this car's there <laughs> anyway he he dragged it away and it I don't know it, it rolled over I can't remember now this is a long time ago I saw it he dragged it away from the gate and it rolled over I, I can't find the video online I've looked for it since and uh, it, then he just went into his field and of course the people came back and he videoed that as well they went mental and he said, well, it's your fault. You know, you park on my private land, blocking my you know, entrance to my private field. It's your fault. Of course, fly tipping is nothing new. I remember, you know, I'm always on about going over to the woods, banging on about the woods. People used to dump rubbish in the woods then when I was a kid. So that's the 50s and early 60s. People would dump rubbish. I remember going over to the woods, seeing an old mattresses. What is it about mattresses? Why are there so many mattresses that need to be dumped? If anyone gets a skip, the first thing people do at night is put a mattress in it. Someone from down the road walk along, sneaking around in the dark of the night and stick a mattress in someone else's skip. I don't know why there are so many mattresses that need to be thrown away. It's all rather odd. But what a silly thing to do, though. Park your car right in front of a farm gate. You know, obviously that gate is going to be used at some stage. All right, it might not be used for several days, but you can't risk that. Then the farmer, what is he supposed to do? 
just sort of wait. Oh, I'll, I'll just sit here all day in my tractor and wait just in case they come back. Uh, it's ridiculous. It shouldn't be allowed. Well, I suppose it's not allowed, is it? What are the beaches like in the country where you live? You go down to the beach, are you near the beach? Here, I don't know whether you've seen pictures of Brighton Beach, Bournemouth Beach. That's just two, to name but a few. No, to name but many. What's the saying? To name but, I don't know, you know what I mean. <laughs> That's two to name but a few. Covered in litter. When people all clear off at the end of the day, they all crowd down there, don't they, early in the morning. Hordes and hordes of people. They spend all day there getting sunburnt and blisters and all sorts of things, chuck all their rubbish all over the place and then go home at the end of the day. And the beach, honestly, looks like a rubbish tip. It looks like just a complete rubbish dump. Why do people do that? It is so easy, in fact easier, to take a bag with you and put your rubbish in your bag and take the bag home or put it into one of the bins which are provided uh, along the promenade or wherever they're sighted. Why do you have to chuck rubbish on the beach? Plastic bottles? The oceans are full of enough plastic as it is, let alone people chucking more into the sea. Why do they do that? Crisp packets. Anything, you name it, it's there, just chucked on the sand and left. I don't understand it. People, I don't think people like their own country. They don't care about their country. You know, they're, here in Britain, I'm, I'm proud of my country especially the countryside, because that's my thing, not so much the beach. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't go and wreck the beach. I wouldn't go and chuck rubbish all over the beach. I don't know what it is. It's something. But this, as I say, fly tipping isn't new. I think in the old days, in the 50s, when I went to the beach, I don't remember seeing rubbish everywhere when people left after a nice day on the beach. I don't remember that. I think then, yes, there was fly tipping in the woods, but I don't think then people were so... Litterish. Is that a word? Litterish? Litterlouts. They didn't chuck litter all over the place back then. I, I'm not sure why in the 50s. I suppose, I wonder whether this is it. After the war, then you get to the 50s, there was enough destruction and demolition and stuff, you know, everything in ruins. I suppose people were trying to tidy up after the war, put it that way, tidy up, not add to it by chucking more rubbish everywhere. It's a beautiful sunny day today, really it's nice. I shall go out into the garden later. Another thing that I've found, we've got an alleyway next to our house, you know, it goes down between houses and then there's a, an alleyway behind the houses. Very often I look over the fence in the front garden and people have chucked cans in the alleyway, beer cans, Coke cans, whatever. So what I do is go and pick them up and put them in the bin. But why do they do that? Anyway, have you had enough moaning about... <laughs> about rubbish what do you think so far rubbish did you like the goose and gander one uh, last sunday episode what's good for the goose is good for the gander a lot of you seem to like that which is good and uh the title now here's the thing my son said that was a good title he said most of my titles are rubbish <laughs> talking of rubbish again he said that's the sort of thing that people would look at on the podcast episode what's good for the goose is good for the gander because I, I was going through some of them and it'll say something like uh, local dentists and other stuff, toys back in the 50s and other stuff. <laughs> you really look at the titles, it's all and other stuff and rubbish and junk. He reckons I should have decent titles that will make people think, oh yes, that's interesting, I shall listen to that one. There we are, more noises, what's going on now? That's an email. Anyway, 
uh, I'm going to start trying to improve the titles in future. If you've got any ideas, that's why I called this one, I forget what it's called now. What's it called? Raise Rubbish Rant or something. <laughs> I was trying to be clever, but I don't think it worked. Anyway, if you have any ideas, that might be good. Tricia said, what about like the magic roundabout with Zebedee? What did she, oh, the magic, I forget what she said now, the magic ra rantabout or something. <laughs> anyway, I must give that some thought. And if you have any ideas, good or rude or brilliant or dreadful, raise rants at protonmail.com. That email I just had, you heard that noise. With this new microphone, it won't pick up other noises like that. I've got to have it close to me and uh, speak directly into it so it won't pick up other stuff. And I was saying to Tricia, what about the people that like hearing the dustman and the seagulls? I said this to my son as well. And he said, well, why don't you just go and record that? Wait till the dustman get here. Take out the portable recorder, record the dustman, and then play that back on the, <laughs> on the podcast episode and say, oh, look, the dustmen are here. Then play the, the dustman noises and the seagulls and stuff. So now you'll be thinking in the future, when you hear the dustman or the seagulls, you'll think, yeah, he's just put that in. He's just bung that in to make it sound good, which, of course, will be true. But it will be a lot better because it, this microphone I'm using now, it does pick up all sorts of other noises from all over the place. One suggestion was put my head in a cardboard box. <laughs> Can you imagine me sitting here with this microphone in front of me and a huge cardboard box over my head? It'd be dark for a start. So I am looking forward to the new microphone, which was very nice courtesy of my son. He brought it over all the way from America. How about that? And a, what's it called? This other box. He's given me another box. It's called a an audio interface or something. <laughs> you plug it into the computer. I haven't set it up because I don't know how to. He will be doing that hopefully at some stage tomorrow. We shall see. Just going back to talking about rubbish again. Have you heard of people that nick stuff from your doorstep? You know, Amazon delivery, uh, Royal Mail delivery, whatever. They'll put something on your doorstep and then people drive around in their car or van and they nip up your driveway and pinch your parcels. Well, one idea that someone came up with was get an, an empty Amazon box, put all your old rubbish in it that you don't want, whatever it is, seal the box up and put it out on your doorstep and someone will pinch it. Someone's bound to pinch it if you leave it out there for long enough and they've got rid of your rubbish for you. I think that's a, <laughs> that's a great idea. I haven't tried that yet, but uh, that is a good idea. There's a news flash. Supermarkets told to make prices clearer so customers can find the best deals. That's good. All this business about, you know, buy two, was it buy two and get one? No, that's not right, is it? Buy one and get two or something. It's all confusing for people, especially people like me that can't do mental arithmetic. I can't do stuff in my head. I need a calculator. And if I go shopping with Trish, I might want some, I don't know, some tins of beer, for example. And there's so much each or so much for four. Or if you buy a pack of 12, they're whatever. I can't work all that out. They should make it clearer for, uh, what is it? Numera, numera, what do they call it? Numeral something or other people. like People that can't add up. What am I trying to say? There's a word, isn't there? You can be, is it numerous, numerate, numerous, illiterate? I don't know, illiterate something or other. I've never been very good at maths. My sister-in-law the other day, we were talking about, I don't know how it came up. 
but we're talking about radio and uh, amateur radio that I do and aerials and stuff. And she said, that there's a lot of mathematics involved. There must be. And I said, yes, there is actually. You, you look at an aerial that's up on some roof somewhere, amateur type ham radio aerial, and it's not just a piece of aluminium stuck up there. It's actually worked out the length and all, all the bits and pieces. It's quite, quite a lot of mathematics. And I said, yeah, I can't do mathematics at all. And she said to me, oh, I thought you were intelligent. <laughs> what do you mean, I thought you were intelligent? I don't know what she meant by that exactly. I am intelligent, aren't I? Well, sort of. Just because I can't do mental arithmetic in my head, I need a calculator, doesn't make me unintelligent. Or is it inintelligent? <laughs> Happy days. I don't know about these days, but back in the 50s, at school, we were taught you know, not to chuck rubbish around the playground. And if you'd been bad, you had to go on playground duty and pick up rubbish. Well, there was hardly any rubbish to pick up back then. As uh, the years passed, talking to younger people, grandchildren and things like that, there's more and more rubbish, far more rubbish chucked around the playground. Or is it campus now? No, that's university, isn't it? Than there used to be. Because we were taught not to do that. Our parents, I suppose, back in the 50s, they brought us up to not chuck rubbish all over the place. When we went to the beach or the country for a picnic, you know, my mum would take the, the picnic hamper with all the goodies in, all the food, and we'd put a, have a bag, a paper bag, not plastic. After the picnic, we'd put all our rubbish in there. Then she'd put that in the picnic hamper to take home. And that's what we did. That's the way we were brought up. None of us, none of us kids would ever dream of chucking stuff on the pavement or in the countryside or just leaving, you know, you finish a drinks bottle or something and just chuck it on the beach. Wasn't the way we were brought up. I just wonder what's gone wrong. Why is there so much rubbish now? I don't know. I've been following a car, you know, along a motorway or a country road, wherever, and you see them chuck stuff out of the car window. And of course, if they've got kids in the car, they're watching their parents do that and they think, oh, that's the way to do it. Have you seen that video on uh, YouTube? There's probably loads. There's a, a woman that stops her car at the lights. I think it's in America. And she chucks some rubbish out of the window. This chap on his motorbike, he picks it up and he chucks it back in her window all over her. <laughs> and of course, then the lights go green and he drives off. I thought that was quite good. When I was about 10 years old, I was in the woods... <laughs> you'll all be thinking I used to live in the woods I wish I did I was in the woods watching a wren go in and out of his nest now wren's nests are like a little ball of moss about the size of an orange and I was watching him go in and out of this nest I was hiding to you know not to disturb him and a car there was a track nearby this car stopped on this track and he opened the boot and he dumped a load of rubbish I forget what it was it was bags of uh, building stuff or whatever just chucked it all out and drove off well I got his car number this is when I was about 10 years old I got his car number and I told a copper because back then there were always policemen riding around on bicycles evening all <laughs> Dixon of Dot Green who remembers that that was good wasn't it said cars that was good do you still watch heartbeat they have heartbeat on the telly anyway I saw this cop on this bike and I went and told him I said, there's a load of rubbish in that wood. And I know the car number of the chap that, anyway, that was it. He said, thank you for that, son. Well done. He wrote it down in his book. He couldn't get on the radio, of course, back to HQ because they didn't have radios. He had a wooden baton and a whistle. 
<laughs> so presumably that chap got busted because he said where exactly and I said in the woods there follow that track and you'll see it bags of rubbish so that was my good deed for the day it wasn't a baton was it, it was a truncheon that's it they still have truncheons they call them truncheons still and a whistle well they don't have whistles now they have a radio the thing is back now here's the thing <laughs> back in those days at the rubbish tip you could go there and dump anything you didn't have to book there were no particular places that it wasn't recycled. It was just one huge pile of rubbish. And you could chuck what you like there when you like. So there were no restrictions at all. There are today, there are certain tips that won't take asbestos, for example. Other tips have got a, a special place for asbestos and all that stuff. Is it um, plasterboard? That's got asbestos in it, I think. Uh, you used to have to pay to dump that. Of course, that's why people chucked it in the woods then uh, I think now you can take it there and it doesn't cost you anything to take it to your local tip. But back then, there were no charges, no booking, nothing. You could just take what you like and dump it. And as I've said many times before as a kid, I used to go to the tip because not only could you dump whatever you liked there, you could take whatever you liked. Fantastic. Honestly, the rubbish I used to drag home from the tip. And my mum's face, now what? Have you been to the tip? Oh no, now what have you got? Haven't we got enough rubbish? <laughs> oh, that was great. All sorts of fantastic bits and pieces on the tip. Bicycles, lawnmowers, you, you know, you name it. It's there. And if you want it, take it. The chap at the tip, he never seemed to care. I remember us kids clambering all over the rubbish. No health and safety. He didn't care. He was rolling up his fag and having his cup of tea. He probably thought it was good that some of the rubbish was being taken away, so they didn't have to deal with it. Thanks for all your emails, Matthew. Thank you for your uh, various stories about relationships you've had and the photos of the young ladies involved. Thank you for that. Lovely. Um, and thank you to everyone that's been telling me about the retro electrical uh, electric workshop, all about restoring the old stuff. And uh, thank you for all the the links that people have sent me. That's really interesting. Also had some comments about rubbish since I mentioned it last Wednesday on the midweek message. Uh, who was it? Several people mentioned, I think it was Ray and uh, some others, mentioned putting stuff out uh, on the, not actually on the pavement, but I, I've done this. An old armchair, for example, you don't want it. Stick it out in the front driveway. And uh, what I've done is put free to collector. And you have someone knock on the front door. Is that really free? Can I take it? Yeah, help yourself. And off they go. We've done that with old bicycles and all sorts of things. Saves us going to the tip. And also, it's rather nice to think that someone might put it to good use rather than us just chuck it up the tip and the old bicycle just becomes scrap metal. So that's good. And who was it, Ray? Or was it old? I can't remember. I've got all these notes everywhere and I get confused easily <laughs> it's old age yes about putting stuff out and people help themselves and you can get rid of a lot of rubbish that way we've got something here in britain called free cycle and what it is it's a website what it is you go on there and you can put wanted or on offer and we've done this you put offer for example kitchen cabinet kitchen table kitchen unit whatever armchair anything and someone will get back to you very often the same day is that still available? Can I have that? So you contact them. You say, yes, here's my address. Come and take it. And we wanted some topsoil for the garden. So I put on there, topsoil wanted. And within half an hour, 
Some chap replied and he said, I've got some big tubs out of the front garden full of topsoil. They weren't too big for me to lift into the, the back of the car. Help yourself. That was up at Finden. So Trish and I drove up to Finden, found the address. There they were. And the tubs as well. We could keep those, he said. Rather nice tubs. So that was good. We got a lot of topsoil for nothing. Email from Richard. He says, do you go to a lot of barbecues? Because you often mention them in your podcast episodes. Do I? We went to my brother-in-law, Trisha's sister and her husband. It was his birthday the other day. Went to a barbie at their house. Um, I don't go to that many. And Richard also says, were there barbecues back in the 50s? No, they weren't. I don't know when barbecues came in, Richard, into this country, but they weren't around. I remember when I went to America in, I went to California in 1975 and the people we stayed with, first thing they did was drag the barbecue out of the garage. Well, when I say garage, it was like a quadruple garage, you know. We're used to a, a tiny little garage here that you can just squeeze your car in. And once the car's in there, you can barely open the door to get out of the car. But over there, there was this massive garage. And he dragged this barbecue out. Um, and that was it. We had the evening meal out in the garden. Barbecue, wonderful. But that was the first time I'd ever had a barbecue, been to a barbecue. I don't know when they caught on in this country. They're saying on the TV these days, you know, these disposable barbecues. People are going into the countryside, putting the barbecue on the grass or just on the ground, having the barbecue, then just leaving it. Of course, they go off, leave the thing and it's still burning and the grass catches fire. Then you get oh, the woods all catches fire because we've had very little rain. And of course, you know about this in other countries, don't you? I mean, Australia, California, wildfires. It's a shame to think. Again, talking of rubbish, why do some people light fires deliberately? Why deliberately try and burn down a forest or, or whatever? What is the matter with these people? I don't understand it. Don't they like the country they live in? Don't they like the, the forest? To burn it down seems rather odd, especially when you think that firemen can and have lost their lives fighting the fire. Firemen have died. I don't know. I, I suppose that's people. That's people for you, isn't it? That's why I don't like people. <laughs> anyway, there we are. Barbecues. Yes, Richard. So we don't have Barbies now. We used to. But all I found was on a Saturday, all the family pile around here. I'm standing at the barbecue, perhaps 20 people, 25 people. And you just stand there in the heat of the sun, the heat of the barbie, doing that all you can't chat to people because you're busy so in the end we took the brick barbie down and we still have people round, but we just don't do the barbecue we just do the beer and the wine <laughs> what is it what's that stuff they all drink now processor or something i don't know it's wine isn't it is it wine i'm not sure i just stick to the real ales and only a couple because if i have any more than two cans i fall over <laughs> Just had a news flash. One month of rain could fall in UK in 48 hours. Stuck jet stream could extend heat wave for weeks. Temperatures like hell, as in quotes, as fires rage in Europe. Goodness me. Yeah, there's been a lot going on in Europe. Here, we've missed it all. It's quite cool. What's the temperature at the moment? That's 24. That's all right. That's quite pleasant, 24. They reckon it's going to be 40-something down in the Mediterranean or wherever. That is too hot. I don't like that. It's too hot. Did you hear about, was it on the telly the other day, Death Valley? Death Valley, there's a ranch or something called um, 
Furnace, was it Furnace Ranch or Furnace Creek? <laughs> what a name. They reckon it could reach 60, 60 degrees uh, Celsius. Stoner crows. I've just looked up Death Valley on Google Maps. Death Valley is a desert valley in Eastern California in the northern something desert. I've got the wrong glasses on, I can't read it. Bordering the Great Basin Desert. It's thought to be the hottest place on Earth during summer. Death Valley. <laughs> I mean, who would want to live there? Do you find that with glasses? We've just been to the optician and she said, luckily, she said, no, you don't need different glasses. You're okay with the ones you've got. Last time I went, a couple of years ago, you have to go every two years. Last time they said, oh, right, you need new glasses. £250. And I said, oh, okay. Then she said, well, you better have a second pair, which would be slightly different. They'd be for watching uh, the cinema. I said, well, I don't go to the cinema. Well, watching TV then. And I said, well, no, I don't want a second pair. Anyway, in the end, I said, oh, okay. So they were another, whatever, hundreds of pounds. And this time when we went there, I said to Trish, I'm not spending like 250. I'm not doing this anymore, all this money. But she said, no, I'm not. So we came away. My bill was nothing because I'm an old bloke, so I don't pay, which is good. And hers, she said, oh, I spent 300 quid. <laughs> I said, what do you mean? Well, I thought you weren't having new glasses. She said, no, my glasses are fine, but I'm going to have varifocals. Now, she's had these before. I've got them and they're brilliant. You're driving, you're looking at the traffic ahead or rather trying to find the potholes to avoid in the road. And when you look down at the speedometer or anything on the dashboard, you can't see it. But with varifocals, you can. I can just look down. I can see the speed I'm doing. 55 in a 30 limit, for example. <laughs> and then I can look back up and see that there are potholes everywhere. Really good, but she couldn't get on with them last time. And they said, look, try them. Spend your 300 odd quid, stone the crows. Try them. If you don't like them, bring them back and we'll give you money back. And she said to me, what do you think? I said, well, it's got to be worth a go, surely. Because I really like my, her sister. Uh, she really likes her bifocals. They're good. Not bi, they're not bi, no, they're not bi. Very focals. I think they're fantastic. They're really good. So we shall see. They'll turn up in a few days' time or we have to collect them in a few days' time. So that should be fun. I bet she moans, oh, I can't use these. Well, we'll take them back then. <laughs> I just had to play that bit back. I thought I'd called her sister bi. <laughs> she's not bi. She's straight. <laughs> well, hang on, I'm going to get into trouble here now. So yeah, her sister isn't bi. She's straight, but she has uh, not bifocals, very focals. Right, thank goodness for that. Now we can move on. I thought I'd be on the new microphone by now because uh, my son's been round. There goes the car. You won't hear all this extra, what's that word? Extroneous, is it? Or something erroneous noise once this is set up. We've had a problem. We're going to put a different operating system on, update programs and do all sorts of things and set up this new mic with the new interface, audio interface. There's been a problem. My C drive, which holds all the programs, is far too small. It won't take all the, <laughs> all the new system and everything. I've had to order a C drive. And while I'm about it, I've ordered a new monitor because my monitor is very small and I don't know how old it is. What else have we ordered? Oh, a microphone stand for the new, new microphone. It goes on and on, doesn't it? Hundreds of pounds later. Ah, oh, stone the crows. Didn't have this in the old days. When I was a boy, there we are. When I was a boy, 
I had my dandy annual and my Beano annual at Christmas. And when I was 12 years old, I got a transistor radio given to me as a Christmas present. How about that? Was it Christmas or birthday? Whatever. I was 12. Transistor radio. Fantastic. I was in my element. I suppose it's like today, kids getting... what? What is it? What's that Xbox thing? There goes another car. Bear with. <laughs> is that, who was that woman that used to say bear with on... Um, Oh, someone Hart. My memory's going today. It's been one of those days. Amanda Hart, is it? It's been one of those days. It really has. Everything's going on at once. I don't even know what day it is. We're Friday, aren't we? Anyway, all these extra noises and stuff will come to an end. I'm hoping by next Wednesday's midweek message. It's going back to when I was a boy. Things were different then. They were so much easier. We didn't have all these computers to worry about. People look at my phone, they say, what phone's that you've got? I, I don't know, is it 8? iPhone 8? 8? Well, that's old, isn't it? Listen to that now, listen, hang on. <laughs> Someone's drilling or sawing something. Fantastic. <laughs> All these noises. In a way, though, it's a shame that you won't hear any, any of them. I, I think, as I've said in the past, I think all these noises make the podcast recordings more alive. They make them real. I wouldn't want to be sitting in a, a cardboard box, completely soundproof, you know, with just my microphone. And I don't know. There we are. It's an individual thing, isn't it? A bit like humour. Some people love Charlie Chaplin. Others can't stand him. I love Lauren Hardy. Trish can't stand it. She just sits there wondering what on earth I'm laughing at. <laughs> Lauren Hardy, fantastic. Oh, by the way, my new flag has turned up. That's now up the pole. And the wind is, hang on, coming from the west. The wind is coming from the west and it is pretty breezy out there. Our cherry tree out in the front, that's going mad. Our poor old fig tree out in the back, the back garden. Fig trees have huge leaves, don't they? And long branches and they're all like sails. You know, it's like a sailing ship. I'm surprised the whole tree hasn't been ripped out of the ground. Just had an email from Matthew. Hello, Matthew. Nice to hear from you. Where are we? I said, what's the time? Up past one. Up past one Friday afternoon. Matthew says he was listening to one of the old podcasts and I mentioned that dustmen used to collect dust. And they did. The name stuck, he says. The dust that they used to collect was from coal fires. That's true. Ash, really, wasn't it? Everything left over after a burn was put in the metal dustbin and taken away. Hence the name dustbin and dustman or dustmen even, Matthew. He says that's also why dustbins were metal, and why later non-metal bins, before the wheelie bins, always said no hot ashes. You're quite right, I remember that. I remember the old metal dustbins, they were fantastic. <laughs> they really were heavy before there was anything in them, and the poor dustmen used to have to list, lift them up. List them up? And they lifted them up onto their shoulder. Their shoulder was covered in a, a big um, leather sort of pad, so they didn't end up with a broken shoulder. And they take the, the bin out to the cart and chuck it in. But you're right, yes, um, you can't obviously put ashes into plastic dustbins. When we have our coal fire going in the winter, what I do is I take the ash pan out. I've got a metal bucket in the garden. And when it's all cooled down, I dig it into the soil. It's quite good for that, dig it into the soil. Apparently it's good for the garden. And if we get too much for the soil, I'll just empty the bucket out in the alleyway between the houses. 
and it's uh, it's quite good. It keeps the weeds down, and it's it's quite a good footpath actually with the ashes everywhere. So thank you for that, Matthew. Excellent. Nice to hear from you. Uh, who's this from? Kevin. Hello, Kevin. He says, "Do you remember the campaign called Keep Britain Tidy in the seventies? I do remember it. Keep Britain Tidy." Yeah, and Kevin's saying that heavier fines and enforcement, etc., is the way to deal with it. People dumping rubbish everywhere. It is awful, isn't it? I've often wondered why the fines aren't heavier. You know, even a prison. <laughs> you drop some chewing gum or a cigarette end down on the pavement. Six years in prison. <laughs> that would stop people, wouldn't it? I've often wondered about sentences for punishment. Why aren't they heavier? You know, why isn't it that uh, if you, I don't know, if you deliberately smash something up and it's criminal damage, 10 years inside? Well, that, surely that would make people think, you know, perhaps I won't smash up that phone box. Mind you, we haven't got any phone boxes now, have we, to smash up? Several of you like the relationship, you know, the goose and gander episode. And many of you have said that you like the stories about relationships and couples or whatever it is. So for next Sunday's podcast, I know it's a week away, The Worm That Turned, da, da, da. that's going to be interesting. This is about a couple, I'm not going to say too much, man and wife, and their relationship, The Worm That Turned. I shall say no more than that, but do listen out for that one next Sunday. Forgive me if I've missed anyone's email, not mentioned it. As I say, it's all been a bit hectic at the moment. All sorts of things going on with my son and his family over from America. Lovely to see them. Okay, it's a little bit shorter this week. Where are we? 38 minutes. Supposed to be an hour or getting on for an hour. But uh, I'm going to finish it here because I've got so much to get on with. I want to plan next Sunday's episode, The Worm That Turned. That's a good title, isn't it? Oh, yes. Don't forget, if you've got any title ideas such as the Zebedee and the <laughs> the Magic Roundabout. No, what was it? Um, the, the Ray's Magic Rants. Was, oh, I can't remember what it was. Any ideas for titles would be great. Ray's Rants at ProtonMail.com. I shall see you all on Wednesday, hopefully with my new computer set up and new microphone. If you don't hear from me on Wednesday, <laughs> everything has gone very wrong. No, I shall get something out, even if it's horrible, distorted audio that you can barely hear. Take care, look after yourselves, and I shall see you next week. Bye-bye for now.